Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. <laughs> Clipper Nation, what's going on? Jesse Cass here with you for a brand new episode of the Believe in Clippers podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place for the show for every team in LA and much more. Welcome into the show on this brand new episode. If you were with us last week, we had a great conversation a week ago with Josh Powell. If it's your first time joining in on the show, welcome and jumping on what is an exciting time for Clippers basketball and in the NBA in general. Come in here just post-All-Star break as the Clippers get ready to get back into action this weekend after a long but much-needed layoff for the Clippers, a team that has battled many injuries and nagging injuries consistently this season. The All-Star break honestly couldn't have come at a better time for them in terms of trying to get them healthy. So we'll talk a bit more in depth about those injuries and how they will affect the Clippers going forward down the back half of the season. We'll also talk about uh, some of the additions that have come onto the ball club. We already talked with Josh Powell in our last episode about the addition of Marcus Morris. He's slowly getting integrated. The Clippers, of course, just 1-3 and three on their last four-game road trip, but Morris, so far, has done a nice job not shooting uh, an exorbitant amount. He's making shots, making big plays, and I think he'll fit in well. So we'll talk about Marcus Morris, but of course the other most recent addition to the ball club, Reggie Jackson, coming to the buyout market a starting caliber point guard who, of course, will be playing a much smaller role with the Clippers, but with some of those injuries might have some significant moments down the stretch of the season. So more insurance for this team, another ball handler, another playmaker, and another shooter. So it should be uh, a situation of the Clippers where you could say the rich get richer, but for them, with all the injuries that they've had, uh, just insurance to have another capable player on the floor in case some of those injuries continue to rear their ugly head. So a big-time move and one that should help the Clippers a lot, even if they're not necessarily relying on Reggie Jackson production. A nice move for them. We will break that down even more going forward. Uh, we'll also talk about the All-Star game itself. Of course, Kawhi Leonard of the Clippers, the MVP of that game in a very exciting and entertaining All-Star game. So we'll break that down as well. We'll also talk about some scheduling Notes for the Clippers, including that game that was postponed against the Lakers following the death of Kobe Bryant. That has been rescheduled and has also reshuffled some of the other games on the schedule for both ball clubs. So we'll talk about that as well. So all of that and more coming up here on the Believe Podcast Network. Before we get there, I want to quickly let you know if you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple. It really helps us grow the show. You can also find us anywhere else that podcasts are available. Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. And also go on Believe.com to look at all the other shows on the platform and follow along on any social media handle, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Believe Podcast is the handle there. So with all of that said, we're going to get into it. A lot to discuss here on the Believe in Clippers podcast, so let's not waste any time. Here it goes. All right, and as we're back here on the Believe in Clippers podcast, we mentioned that we last talked to you just before the All-Star break. The Clippers did have 
the final game played in the NBA before All-Star Weekend. It was a Thursday night TNT game against the Boston Celtics on the road to wrap up that four-game road trip. Clippers ended up falling in double overtime in honestly one of the better games in the entire NBA this season. The Clippers had another one of those with the Celtics earlier in the year, also an overtime game. This one, as we said, went two overtimes, and unfortunately the Clippers did not come out on top in this one despite really valiant effort. Again, shorthanded Paul George going down with that hamstring injury for the third time this season in really a short amount of time. So we said we'll get to those injuries in a moment as well, but Beverly out as well with the groin injury. George, as we just said, went out with the hamstring. So the Clippers battling those injuries as we're used to, but still had a great effort, their shots to win, and honestly a much more encouraging effort than we saw in some of the other games on the road trip. The Minnesota game was really just kind of a throwaway garbage game for the Clippers where they did not bring their A energy or their A effort. Uh, The Philadelphia game was a little bit of a mix of both. Clippers played harder, but just simply were not able to make the shots on a scale that they normally do. So this Boston game, uh, one that really the whole game, just back and forth, kind of like a heavyweight battle. Teams exchanging punches, going back and forth with big shots and big defensive plays. Uh, And it was one where we saw really Lou Williams get back to his usual self, 35 points. Montrez, 24 and 13. And Kawhi with 20 and 11. Also Shamit, big time, 19 points, four threes, including a game-tying three-pointer in the first overtime. So there's a lot to like in that ball game, but they just simply couldn't slow down Jason Tatum, who had 39 points, and then Marcus Smart, who is prone to do it from time to time, but just had a wild offensive game. He had five three-pointers at 31 points. So that's obviously what you're not you're not normally going to get that from Marcus Smart, but he had the green light, especially with Jalen Brown out for the Celtics. So it was a disappointing loss for the Clippers, which we said the effort was there considering the, the, the really shorthanded team that they had. So it brought the Clippers into the All-Star break at 37-18, and 18, losers of three of their last four, and now one game back of the two-seeded Denver Nuggets, five games back of the LA Lakers for the one spot, and just a half game ahead of Utah for fourth. So with that said, going into the second half of the season, uh, despite injuries, despite some struggles, especially recently, Clippers are still very well positioned, but Right now is the time to turn it on for this Clippers team and really get on a roll. And we've seen great spurts and great stretches from this team, but we still haven't really seen that very prolonged, strong winning streak that we've been expecting from this team, despite still good numbers in offensive rating and defensive rating and overall record. But it's time to rattle off a win streak here for the Clippers. And they do have tough games coming up, but they also have winnable games coming up. So those are all things that they're going to have to really lock in and focus on and of course part of that is health and we know that that's been a huge factor and mentioned it a little bit a few moments ago in the opening but the all-star break came at the perfect time for the Clippers and going from February 13th to February 22nd without having to play a game it's just huge for this team at this point in the season and the injuries have been a real problem for this team and coming to key players Patrick Beverly of course with the groin injury And Paul George with the hamstring, we know he came off the two shoulder surgeries as well before he came to the Clippers, but it honestly makes you worry if there's an issue with the Clippers training staff. We know Jason Powell's been there for over 20 years. Clippers throughout that time have had some big time injuries at bad spots in the season, and granted, we've seen that up and down basketball and sports in general, but some injuries just can't be controlled. They're freak things, they just happen. It can also be hard to protect players from themselves when they really want to play, and even the coaching staff, I'm sure, at times 
wants to have their best players on the court, but these are two injuries in particular, and the Paul George hamstring injury and the Patrick Beverly groin injury, that cause a lot of concern because those things can be lingering and can really be nagging things that last a long time. And for the Clippers, that's been exactly the case. This is the third time that Paul George has dealt with this hamstring injury. It's been two or three times that Patrick Beverly has gone down with the same groin injury, and it really begs the question, are they rushing these guys back too soon? Are the players themselves not listening to the advice of the trainers? It's hard to really know exactly what's going on, but when it's the same exact injury again and again and again, there is an issue there, and hopefully for the Clippers training staff, uh, it's not something where they're pushing these guys back on the floor too soon. We know that in recent years, We've always heard from Doc Rivers that they're going to err on the side of caution, so you would expect that that is the case, but this is the same injury again and again and again, so is there something wrong with the treatment that they're getting, uh, or is it just a freak thing where it's just kind of the same injury recurring over and over, and it's not anyone necessarily to blame, but it's something that the Clippers need to get in check and get taken care of right now, which is why those nine days off were really the biggest blessing in disguise possible, but you know, looking forward to the rest of the games upcoming for the Clippers. They had practice here as we record this on a Friday. Uh, it was reported that Paul George and Patrick Beverly have taken part in practice in the past couple of days. So we, that would lead you to believe that they are cleared, healthy, ready to go, and likely to play in the upcoming games. We have the Sacramento Kings on Saturday afternoon, and then the Memphis Grizzlies at home on Monday. Uh, if George and Beverly are cleared for that, We can only hope and knock on wood that they are actually fully healthy and ready to go because while we do want the full team on the floor and, uh, you know, anyone from Clipper fans to media to whoever else wants to see this full team in action at full strength, they need to be at full strength at the right time in April, May, and June when they are battling for a championship spot. And that doesn't diminish the importance of regular season games, but if these guys are not fully healed and not fully ready and they're being sent back out onto the floor And then that could be a big-time issue if they get re-injured again and are put in jeopardy of those games that will be in quest for the championship in the playoffs. So, as we said, I know that we know that Doc Rivers and his staff are fully on top of this, but they put a lot of trust into the training staff as well. Uh, So this is a time of the year for the Clippers to be aggressive in their play, but also be smart about getting guys on the court when they're healthy and not rushing them back. So we know it's a fine line, and you have to find that balance of listening to players when they say they're healthy, but also kind of putting your foot down and sitting them when you know they need to be sat. It'll be really interesting to see if they can get everyone healthy uh, and really find continuity and a rhythm as a team going down the backstretch of the season. We've seen it, as we said, in bits and pieces here and there, uh, but they're going to need at least some time healthy as a full team. We've only seen a handful of games, and especially now that they're integrating new pieces into the rotation with Marcus Morris and Reggie Jackson now, Those guys are going to be important, so health has been a factor and an issue all season long, and the second half of the season, it's going to need to trend on the better side for the Clippers to really not only find that rhythm and continuity, as we said, but potentially get a higher seed and set themselves up for a better run through the playoffs. I think they have a much better shot of advancing further and getting to the ultimate goal of being the Western Conference champion and the NBA champion if they enter the playoffs as the two seed or the one seed compared to the three or the four where you're going to have to go through tougher matchups, potentially play more road playoff games. It's certainly not imperative, but it would be a big advantage to have a higher seed and and better feelings going into the playoffs. And if you're dealing with injuries and kind of limping in 
both literally and figuratively into the playoffs late in the season. So health will be key and so will continuity in building this team to to where they want to be. So as we said, the All-Star break was was great in terms of just getting the necessary rest to hopefully get these guys back to full strength. And the All-Star game and break was also great just for the product itself. It was a really fun and exciting All-Star weekend. And especially for the Clippers, we saw Kawhi Leonard do his thing uh, on the way to the first ever Kobe Bryant All-Star MVP award. Kawhi Leonard, a good friend of Kobe's, was very honored and happy to win that award. And he really showed out in what was one of the best NBA All-Star games ever. Certainly one of the best in recent memory. The implementation of the Elam ending turned out to be one of the, the best things possible for this game. Led to an incredibly intense fourth quarter and a great finish. And Kawhi Leonard, a part of it all, All-Star Game MVP, 30 points, including eight three-pointers, also added six rebounds. And I thought the game itself was just fantastic. It was, as I said, the Elam ending for any basketball fan that really follows the game past the NBA season. If you've watched the basketball tournament at any point in the past few summers, you know that's one of the spots where it's been implemented. And this was, honestly, it working as close to perfection as possible. Now, I know a lot of people were probably a little bit disappointed at the slightly anticlimactic finish of it ending on a free throw but outside of that as we said we saw the best players in the world really grinding going toe-to-toe trying to lock down defensively taking charges uh and we saw honestly a microcosm of what playoff basketball will be like where the game slows down instead of the freewheeling three-point basketball that we see so much of in today's nba you go back to kind of the the grit of 90s basketball, throw it in the post, uh, lock down on defense, plays grind down and slow down into the half-court game. So while it might not be as pretty when you have that level of talent, really taking it that seriously and playing that intensely, it, it turned into a tremendous basketball game. And we saw everything that we possibly could have wanted out of that All-Star game. The two team captains and leading vote getters, LeBron and Giannis, kind of going one-on-one and trying to take it at each other at the end of the ball game. As Clipper Nation saw their guy, Kawhi Leonard, show out, hit the eight threes, hit a big shot late in the fourth quarter, and help out lead Team LeBron to victory, and of course win the MVP, as we mentioned. But big credit to the NBA for making those changes, and in particular the Elam ending, which I think we'll see going forward for a long time in the All-Star game. And while I don't think we'll see the implementation of the Elam ending in NBA basketball itself in terms of the regular season or the playoffs or anything like that. I do think you'll see it more now that it was so successful in the All-Star game. You'll likely see it probably in the Summer League at some point, maybe as soon as this year, maybe even preseason NBA games just to test it out as well. But it's something where I think we'll be seeing a lot more of that just from how successful it was in the first attempt for the NBA. So having that target score, something to lead to, it led to Obviously, the crowd being on their feet really the entire fourth quarter, really pressure-packed, exciting final possessions where guys were diving on the floor, they were taking charges, they were battling for rebounds and shots at the rim. It, it was, honestly, it was a great game, and I think that it was, as I said, a great moment for the NBA and one that, most importantly for the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard got out of healthy, uh, and he got the MVP. So it, it was great all around for the Clippers, and uh, led them into what is now going to be the second half of the season, as we said. And that also led us into another addition to the Clippers in, in Reggie Jackson, which we touched on in the opening. But we're going to break that down, the integration of Reggie and Marcus Morris. Also talk about the Clippers 
upcoming schedule change with that game against the Lakers. All of that coming up right here on the Believe in Clippers podcast. But first, a quick word from Manscaped. The Believe in Clippers podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. And they have a brand new trimmer. It's the best on the market and it's third generation. It's called the Lawnmower 3.0 Manscaping Trimmer. And it's now available for purchase. And its features are incredible. The leading cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. And that's what you need. There's going to be millions of men around the country who are going to be nick free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. If you're out there here in 2020, you only want your face with that beard. You don't want the James Harden thing going down down low. You want it on the face. So keep it clean down there and make sure you use Manscaped, the new lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Believe, B-L-E-A-V, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code B-L-E-A-V. And as always, your balls will thank you. So as we mentioned, the Clippers adding yet another piece to their roster to get a little bit deeper, a little more insurance. Reggie Jackson, who Clipper fans know pretty well from previous matchups in the playoffs against them, most particularly with the Oklahoma City Thunder and that great series, although disappointing series that the Lob City Clippers had against the Thunder back in 2014. Reggie Jackson, a big part of that team, has a big scoring spark off the bench. And maybe that's something he can provide for this Clippers team. And while there may be some potential fit issues or adjustment points with Reggie Jackson, likely having to play a lot of minutes with the second unit. We know that Lou Williams is a primary ball handler. He's the best on the floor when he's operating with the ball in his hands and pick and roll, especially with Montres Harrell, of course. So Reggie Jackson is also a player that thrives in pick and roll. Now he does have good catch and shoot three-point numbers, which will help. Uh, But it'll be, as we said, probably a little bit of an adjustment, but it never hurts to add more talent. And especially on a team that we've seen and we talked about in this episode has dealt with a lot of injuries to have someone who can really be a go-to type of guy. Now he did that for a pretty bad Pistons team, but Someone who can score in bunches, can create off the dribble, and has good passing numbers off the dribble as well in pick-and-roll situations. So someone who is no slouch coming off the bench, and you look at the minutes that he'll likely be replacing when everyone is healthy, it's likely the minutes for Rodney Magruder, who has started to see that dip anyway. In the most recent game against the Celtics, Magruder played just six minutes, and we actually saw Amir Coffey do a nice job off the bench with his defense and energy. Coffey... A better defender than Jackson, but Jackson much more seasoned, much better offensively, and much better than Rodney Magruder, just simple point point blank. Magruder, also a good defender, but his offensive minutes this season have been pretty disastrous, and in the similar terms as we talked about Jerome Robinson in earlier episodes on this show, with Jerome, of course, now being shipped off to Washington, just the inability to make an open shot has been a big detriment to the Clippers and their offense when Magruder has been on the court. And I don't really know a single time in any shot attempt that Magruder has pulled up for this season or set up for in the corner that has elicited any confidence from me or anyone in the fan base uh, when they've watched him set up to shoot. Now, Magruder has been a better shooter than he's shown this year, but for this season in the Clippers, he simply has not been a threat offensively. And even when he's given time and space to shoot open shots, he's been pretty awful offensively so as someone who can come in and provide spot minutes defensively it's great but uh, right now it's he simply can't be a part of the rotation going forward and you look at someone like Jackson as we mentioned all the positives that he can bring 
uh, just a big-time factor offensively. And it's really a no-risk move for the Clippers. It's someone in Jackson, if he does play up to what his potential is, he can be a big boon and a big lift to the team. If he doesn't necessarily play well, you know, it's only his role potentially 10 to 15 minutes per ball game. And even in the playoffs, when you shorten rotations, if Jackson is not playing well enough to stay on the floor, we know this Clippers team has many other options at the guard spot if they're healthy. So big-time insurance to bring in Reggie Jackson uh, and really a high-reward, low-risk proposition for the Clippers to bring him in. Uh, And also when we talk about guys off the buyout market, I think there's so much made of the buyout market now. And while there are guys that can help, and I do think Reggie Jackson can help this team, these are usually for contending teams just additions on the fringes or on the edges where it's not necessarily something that puts you over the top. It's something that's done, as we said, kind of for insurance. So either way, whether you like the move or dislike it, it's not something to really get up in arms about either way. It's a a simple, smaller, fringe addition type thing for the Clippers, and uh, they went on the higher end of talent for that addition. So uh, a really nice move for them there. Of course, you couple that with adding Marcus Morris, who is still getting integrated, but I think we've seen in glimpses some of the things that he can bring to, to the team most notably in that Celtics game. While he only shot eight shot attempts, he was four for eight and had a huge play at the end of regulation with the Clippers down three, got an offensive rebound on a long three, able to dribble out, and then knock down the game-tying three. And while the Clippers have other go-to guys that can knock down shots with, of course, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Lou Williams, to have another guy who is unafraid and is very capable of making those shots in Marcus Morris, it just makes them all the more dangerous. And now you throw in... Another guy on top of that in Reggie Jackson. So uh, I think they've made great moves here at the deadline, uh, despite not having to trade a whole lot. And I think it makes them all the stronger and perhaps even more well-equipped to play without their full arsenal available and let guys heal if they need to from those injuries. So Reggie Jackson, a positive. Marcus Morris, a positive. And as we said, hopefully the Clippers can parlay that into a nice winning streak going forward. They have winnable games coming up to start the second half of the season. They have the Sacramento Kings at home, the Memphis Grizzlies at home now. Both of those are teams that have walloped the Clippers in Clippers home games. So those are games that you can't write down in Sharpie with a W, but ones that the Clippers should win. They followed it up with a road game versus Phoenix. And again, a a team in a place that the Clippers have lost at Phoenix, but all three games the Clippers should be favored to win and should win. And then you have just big opponents where the Clippers should really test their mettle and show what they're worth. A huge game at home against the Denver Nuggets. They've only played once in a game at Denver. That could be a big game in determining the two seed. A rematch with Philly at home for LA. And then they go on the road for a couple of tough ones with Oklahoma City and Houston. So uh, an intermix of teams below 500 and then teams that they're potentially chasing for playoff spots. But uh, with that break in between to have the Clippers prepared for this, Got to feel good about their chances to hopefully get on a roll and do something really big in the second half of the season. So we'll see exactly uh, how that shakes out for the Clippers going forward. We also mentioned that the Clippers have had some rescheduling done with that matchup with the Los Angeles Lakers that was postponed earlier in the season. And it certainly changes things a little bit for the Clippers and the Lakers in their landscape of the schedule. The Clippers-Lakers game rescheduled to April 9th at the home game for the Lakers, of course, in Staples Center nonetheless. That means the Clippers and Bulls game at the Staples Center has been moved from Wednesday, April 8th to Monday, April 6th, meaning the Clippers will have 
instead of a back-to-back with the second game of the back-to-back at home versus the Bulls, it'll now be that Bulls game first, and then the Clippers travel to Utah to take on the Jazz on the second night of a back-to-back with a day off and then the Laker game on the ninth. And as for the Lakers with the rescheduling, they will now be playing a back-to-back-to-back, playing three nights in a row. So really inconvenient for both teams involved, and uh, you know perhaps something that the NBA could have done to get this game played within the past few days and a little earlier out of the All-Star break. But uh, what's done is done now. Clippers will have to adjust, as will the Lakers. It doesn't really come out favorable, as we said, for either side, but one that hopefully doesn't affect them either too strongly either way. So uh, we'll see how the Clippers and Lakers adjust to that. Another wrinkle thrown into that spicy rivalry already. Markeith Morris, Marcus's brother, who of course is now in the Clippers, bought out by the Pistons and signing with the Lakers. So as if you needed anything more with this rivalry, uh, a little more spice. Twin brothers going against each other along with everything else. So why not? In the hallway series, Los Angeles involved, throwing some brotherly love and a brotherly rivalry between the Morris brothers just to make it all the more enticing and exciting. And we'll see if Markeith for the Lakers can play a role in potentially trying to guard and slow down either Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, or his own brother and Marcus Morris. So really exciting stuff going on uh, down the backstretch of the season. We'll see how the Clippers handle everything going forward, and we'll see if they can indeed get on that roll going into the second half of the season. That's going to do it for this week's edition of the Believe in Clippers podcast. Know that if you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple. We're also available wherever else podcasts are found, so check it out on any platform that you like. And also follow along at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast for the social media handles. So with that said, this has been the Believe in Clippers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Clips. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. 